this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today, I am delighted to have Gloria Mayfield Banks. Have you ever heard of Mary Kay? Mary Kay was founded with the vision to inspire women. And today is the number one direct selling cosmetic brand with four point billion in global annual sales. Gloria is the first African-American woman to become the number one national sales director for Mary Kay. She's also an author, motivational speaker, and she's an Harvard MBA. Gloria, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on the call with you. Great. So let's go back in time. How did Gloria get started in her entrepreneurial journey? Okay. Let's go back in time. 28 years I've been building my business and absolutely loved it. I can honestly tell you I did not anticipate entrepreneurship. I was clearly on the path to corporate, climbing the corporate scoreboard. Mm. Um, And I really wanted that. And that's what I had gone to school for. And that's what I had prepared for. And there were no entrepreneurs in my background. Parents weren't entrepreneurs. Interesting, I'm third of four girls, Mm. and all of us are entrepreneurs. But for me, it started as a dream to make some extra money and to be in a positive environment. And that's what I walked into, and then it it grew from there. Interesting. So, when when uh, you know after you, so kind of where did kind of Mary Kay fall? You know, definitely Mary Mary Kay has been out for a while, and so has Avon Uh been. Um, uh, you know, was was Mary Kay your kind of your first entrepreneurial venture? Did you start with something else? Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, I would say that Mary Kay truly is my first entrepreneurial venture. I did the regular babysitting thing that we all did when we were younger, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't consider that to be my entrepreneurial foray. I really do think that when I went to that very first skincare class and I saw the woman walk in and she was positive. And she was confident and all my friends were having a good time Mm -hmm. and all my friends were buying product Mm -hmm. and I bought some too and I enjoyed it. And I'll tell you, it was a very fast decision for me. Mm. Some people, you know, take a long time to make a decision, but I was like, oh no, I definitely want to do this. So I leaned over to my kids at the time. They were one and two years old and said, mom's going to sell Mary Kay. I was very excited. And then I went and told my mom, I called my mom who lived in a different city. She lived in Detroit, where I'm from, and I was living in Boston at the time. And I called her, I said, Mom, I am so excited. I am going to sell Mary Kay. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. We just paid $60,000 for you to go to Harvard Business School. And you're not going to sell lipstick. And when she said it like that, I was like, oh my, you know, when you say it like that, okay, all right, okay. And so I, she shut me down. And, 
you know, I love my mother, but she shut me down. And she shut me down, given a little bit that she knew. Mm-hmm. Then I went to a meeting and I saw, again, the same thing. Excited, mm-hmm. confident women having a good time. Mm-hmm. And when I was at that meeting, I signed my agreement and became an independent beauty consultant. And I didn't ask anybody else for their advice. And how old, how old are you? How, how old were you at this time, Gloria? I was in my early 30s. You was in your early 30s. So mm-hmm. your mother, it definitely appears, was not very supportive. But what mm-hmm. about what about your other family? Maybe like your your your, your sisters. You say yeah. You say you have three sisters. And what about your yes. friends? Were they supportive, or were they was like, nah, I don't know? What's well, my best my best girlfriend introduced me to Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. So she was the one who had the skincare class, and she was the one who took me as her guest to a meeting. Mm. So she was all over it. And we were, you know, we were freaking frack best friends two, two doors down. Mm-hmm. Now my sister who, uh, her name is Amy. She and I are the only African-American sisters who ever graduated from Harvard business school. Wow. She was extremely cautious. Mm-hmm. Gloria, what are you doing now? Let me just say this. It's very interesting. Um, when you choose to do something different that people don't understand, mm-hmm. but it was also interesting because I didn't have the time. When I tell you I did not have time, I was already working 60, 70 hours. I was, I've always been an ambitious person. Mm-hmm. I was in the midst of becoming a single parent because I have a background from domestic violence. So mm-hmm. I had an hour's commute. I just did not have any time. So when she came at, to me, came at me with, what are you doing and why are you doing it? It was coming from two areas. One was, you don't have time to do anything else in your life. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And what are you doing? You are... You know, we're corporate people. That's what we do mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. And she didn't understand Mary Kay. She didn't understand direct selling. She didn't understand why I even had an interest of doing and adding something else to my plate. And mm-hmm. my immediate response, Kaylin, was, okay, I'm really smart. And if this is not everything is cracked up to be, I'll be out of here. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're having a good time and they're making money and I enjoy it. Yeah. It's so interesting because typically, you know, the, the adage goes, birds of the same feather flock together. And obviously, you know, if a lot of people, if they have the friends that are not as supportive, usually mm-hmm. that criticism often talks that person out of moving forward and embarking on that entrepreneurial venture. So it was, it was definitely good that, you know, or, you know, one of your best friends uh, was already in it. And I, I definitely kind of encourage you to, to do that. You say you was working 60 to 70 hours. What was you doing at that time? I was executive marketing manager mm-hmm. at a um, computer company, Stratus Computers. Mm-hmm. And so I had na- national responsibilities. I had to travel. I had to develop products and um, educational material to support new products. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let me get this right. So. You're working 60 to 70 hours. You're doing Mary Kay, and you're going to Harvard to get your MBA? No, I finished Harvard. Okay. Okay, so it went like this. I finished high school, and when I was in the seventh grade, they found out I was dyslexic. So Mm -hmm. I have a reading disorder. It was very challenging. But I pushed hard and finished high school. Mm -hmm. And I went to Howard University, Mm -hmm. and I studied business while I was at Howard. Then I moved to Boston to work for Polaroid Corporation. So I was working for them as a manufacturing supervisor for two years. Then I applied and went to Harvard Business School. And I studied marketing and strategic planning. Mm -hmm. Then I left there and I started selling computers for IBM. 
And after I started selling computers for IBM, I moved on to be a marketing manager for a computer company. And that's when I first went to the first skincare class and wow. fell in love and started my business. And in between then, I then went back to work for Harvard Business School as administrative assistant director for mm. admissions. Not administrative director, but as assistant director for admissions I see. at Harvard Business School. So I started Mary Kay with a very demanding job. Then I moved to a very demanding job, but I moved to a job that I loved. Mm -hmm. So here I have a very high-powered executive job working for Harvard Business School that I loved. And I had a small entrepreneurial business with Mary Kay that I was learning to love. Indeed, it's definitely important to do what you love. And, you know, I can definitely, you know, as, as we're talking, I could definitely hear the excitement how you was talking about you went to the skincare <laughs> class and, and, and you were just so overwhelmed with joy. And it's definitely something that you wanted to be a part of. And the fact that your, 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 your best friend was involved in it, I definitely uh, encourage you to uh, get started right away. Start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. You know, oftentimes, if, if people... If, if they don't if they don't really love what they do, they're often going to dread it. It's it's going to be almost like a nightmare. It's you know every, right. it's, it's 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 day after day of work and it's like oh I can't wait. And I think that's why they say TGIF. Thank God it's Friday because they right. can't wait till we get started. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. And then once the new work week start, it's like it's the same thing. They're looking forward to that Friday again. And, right, they have a headache on Sunday. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just they're never you know they're never they're never really happy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so let's let's really get into it. So uh, I think I read somewhere what he said. The, th the, the three I think I read somewhere what he said. Uh, the three fears, the, the three most uh, daunting fears of humans is dying, mm -hmm. public speaking and selling. And definitely uh, wow. direct selling is something that you uh, have done successfully for mm -hmm. a long time. Let's talk about the beginning process because there are so many MLMs, multi-level marketing okay. companies, okay. and there are you know everyone everyone now is trying to push their product and and you know you have the Avons, you have the Amways, you know you know you know you know you being very successful with mm -hmm. uh, Mary Kay. Let's talk mm -hmm. about let's talk about those initial experiences. What was that like as you were starting uh, with Mary Kay as an independent uh, sales consultant? Okay, so first I want to tell you now, looking twenty eight years into the business, there's a, a, a very big difference between many of the companies. Like there are very big differences between many computer companies and very big differences between grocery stores. There's some similarities and there's some differences. For me, for me, it was the culture that I was walking into. It was such an exciting place where powerful women in a positive environment, that's what served me well. I didn't wear makeup before I came into Mary Kay, just mascara and the same lipstick color. So I, that wasn't what drew me in. What drew me in 
was the environment, mm. the positive environment. Because remember, I'm leaving from an, I'm living, I'm leaving a negative environment, and I have no time, and I have small children. So I'm walking into an environment where there are amazing women who have no time, who have a strong commitment to their faith, a strong commitment to their family, and a strong commitment to their career. So this was exciting. So when I first started, Kayla, my very first skincare class, I sold seven dollars. Can we say the word pitiful? Yeah. I was pitiful. <laughs> but I was confident in the fact that I could study. And I knew that I could study because that was um, something that was very hard for me that I had to overcome early in my life. So studying wasn't a problem. And I wasn't concerned with um, the sales piece of it because I was excited. I had, number one, been through the process. I loved the skincare class. And I saw it as, I really, I still see it this way, and I saw it that way then. I'm going to offer you something, and if you like it, great. And if you don't, great. I mean, i much rather you say, no, I don't care for that right now. That's fine. Excellent. I don't need a spillion people. I just need a few good people. And so I do not get caught up in the no's like a lot of people get caught up in the no's. I got caught up in the yeses. So every time I would do something, and trust me when I tell you, I met major uh, challenges with missing goals. But I just got so hungry. How did you do that? How did you do that? How did you do that? And so I tell people all the time, I I got this early in my career. It said, take advice from people who you're willing to exchange places with. Mm-hmm. And so now I see a lot of people, it doesn't matter if it's in this industry, they're taking advice from people who are just talking you know how people talk so confidently about what they're doing and they got no clue yeah <laughs> right they got, no, girl you just need to do this that and the other and they yeah. haven't done it at all uh-huh. well i got advice from people i first measured up where they were coming from what i love about mary Kay is that all of us start the same with the same starter kit so if you've built this business at a greater level than i am currently at you've gone this road before me so my early days were uh, nose. My early days were um, I don't use makeup. My early days were does Mary Kay really make product for women of color like you? And I look at them like, well, I have it on 100%. And they're like, really? So I had some of that awareness that I had to go through. I had to go through this whole discovery that Gloria with a Harvard MBA um, should be doing this. And I'm choosing to do an entrepreneurial venture with Mary Kay Cosmetics that people didn't understand. So I had to deal with that. I, then, Halen, plus I have a bubbly personality. I, I am blessed with a charisma. And people would say, well, I'm not like you. And I said, you know, that's great. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're not like me. I don't need you to be like me. I need you to be your best you. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of my career. I think the only other benefit I'd like to share with you is that I was very intentional about attracting ambitious people, both in terms of customers and my team members. I like overcomers. Indeed, indeed. Let's dig into that, Gloria. You know, often a lot of times when people do direct selling, you know, people often, they take it personally, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, too, when they have this, when these uh, MLMs have these orientation calls, they kind of like sensationalize it to try to make it think like they're going to make, you know, a million dollars like within like six months. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so you know, I, I mean, so I think I think that does a disservice uh, to the new people. But at the same time, I think a lot of times, many people have never done you know direct selling before, and oftentimes mm-hmm. when they're connecting with these uh, prospects and they're telling them no, 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 and, they, and they're and they're getting a constant perpetual no 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 mm-hmm. I, oftentimes mm-hmm. that really deflates a person's confidence it really mm-hmm. that really uh it really it, it kind of discourages them from wanting to continue on with it you know mm-hmm. you know i'm quite sh- i mean you know, now, have you dealt with that or you know where there's some people i'm obviously on your team that dealt with that let's talk about that oh yes that is absolutely a part of the job Kevin. that's absolutely a part of the journey okay so First, um, I teach it a lot. I've received it a lot. So I want to tell you, for me, what my revelation was. I had a couple. Number one, uh, it hurts. It does. does. When someone tells you no, you don't like it, particularly when you are trying to achieve something or until you learn how to not take it personally or until you stop this tremendous amount evaluation that we go into. Did they say no because of the way I asked them? Did they say no because I asked them at 1.30 as opposed to 1.20? Did they say no because the moon is not out and the sun is out? You know, it's just, we go through all this conversation in our head, but they really said no because they don't want it. <laughs> okay, so my second revelation was, um, they don't know me well enough to not like me. They just don't want or need or know what I'm offering them. Some people say no because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what I'm offering them. Some people say no because they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Some people say no because they truly, that's not on their plate of priorities today. Mm-hmm. So I teach people the different reasons why people say no. And that the no's are the only way that you get to the yeses. Mm-hmm. But first you have to know that it doesn't feel good. So I always tell people that frustration is misplaced expectations. So if you go into this business and you say that one more time, frustration is misplaced expectations. Mm. So if you go into anything expecting everything is going to be great, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I don't like rejection and I don't like the no. Okay. So that means I have to learn how to, recover for them so that I don't go into an emotional basket with them. I have to know that it's part of the job. And I have to know that if I endure the no's and I bounce back from it, I am going to win. I am going to win. So I set myself up early in my business to fight for the win as opposed to the work. Uh Okay, so mm -hmm. I was going to say, yeah, um, coming from that you know, come from the heels of your divorce. Uh, you, your initial goal was to right. was try to make an extra two hundred dollars per month. Now, right. you know, we're in twenty sixteen, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's probably about like twenty five years ago. So two hundred dollars a month definitely was worth a bit burp sniffly more than it is right now. Two hundred dollars right. is two hundred dollars, but uh, back in the day, uh, it, it definitely was worth um, uh, a bit more. Want the full episode? You can get it. Will you become? A Prim 20 premium radio subscriber. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription today. Get one hour commercial free episodes, private mastermind calls with our guests, and much more. 
go to reachandfinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription for just another way to help you start reaching your finish line. Let's let's talk about, you know, how many months were you going into it before you actually was able to uh, get to that uh, initial goal of yours? Okay. So really it was $200 a week because I wanted to keep my kids in daycare. Mm-hmm. And now I talk to women all day long who want to be home with their kids, mm-hmm. but not me. I was like, oh no, you got to go somewhere. <laughs> so I wanted to make $200 oh, a week. Now understand that that $200 a week, because I was making a good income at my career job, I could have taken that money from somewhere else. But my goal was to get it from my business with Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. So that happened rapidly. And the reason that I probably set it where I set it at that amount was because I didn't wear makeup, so I didn't know the makeup industry. I see. And I didn't know how much people love the product and I didn't know how much people love to be served with it and I didn't know how many people loved an extra you know they really didn't want to know about their skincare like they really want to improve their skin uh-huh. and they really like glamour application and they want to know and they really like a variety uh-huh. so it did not take me long and another reason Kelly and I'm going to tell you why it didn't take me long is because I knew that other women were doing as well as I was doing or more uh-huh. So when you get to go to an environment like we provide in Mary Kay, where your education and your training and your motivation is seeing other people that are successful, my mind said, if she can do it, I can do it. Uh-huh. So I was selling pretty rapidly, to tell you the truth. Oh, I, I was meeting pretty rapidly. I see. I see. <laughs> Let's, I think this is, this is probably a question that many people will probably ask. Do you think that your success with with Mary Kay was uh, was 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 tied to the fact that you became an MBA, or do you think that you know there was no correlation there? Oh, I get that question a lot, and I will say yes. My MBA played a difference for me, but it's why did it play a difference for me? It made a difference for me because number one. Um, When you get a Harvard MBA, you do walk out the doors with a high degree of confidence. Mm -hmm. You walk in there, you wonder why in the world you're there. You think you're the only special person that got slipped through the system Mm -hmm. because you you get so very, 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 very intimidated. Mm -hmm. But after you go through two years of educating yourself with some of the most intimidating students and the most uh, amazing professors, you do walk out with confidence. Mm -hmm. So I walked into this career with a high degree of confidence. I walked into this career with a high degree of strategic um, intelligence, marketing. I could see what was going on with the company. I could see how beautiful the brochures were. I could see how the, the opportunity was laid out. I could understand what they were doing and why they were doing it. And I liked it. So that made a difference for me. At the same token, I have women who are at my level and have been above me with no college degree Uh and um, none of that, but they had other gifts they brought to the table. Uh So it would be incorrect for me to tell people that the Harvard Business School didn't make a difference for me. It certainly did. But the way that it did is different and the way that it would work for someone else is is equally as equally the change. You know, I, I think 
the other thing that it did for me, which was really powerful, is that I knew I was at a place where I could make a choice. Uh-huh. Mary Kay can be, it's a choice for me. Uh-huh. I could do this or I could do something else and I could make a lot of money doing something else, but this is my choice. Uh-huh. And being able to have prepared myself that this is my choice also gave me a lot of joy. And when I operate in joy and I blend that with ambition and you mix that with some powerful mentorship, you can come out successful. Indeed. You definitely you definitely stated how your Harvard MBA definitely gave you a lot of confidence confidence upon graduating. <laughs> now, you know, oftentimes many people do not have those opportunities to where you know they can go to a very Ivy League school like Harvard and and graduate with not only a graduate degree but a very prestigious uh, graduate mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. Um, would you reckon? What would you recommend, perhaps, as resources, you know, that can help a person that perhaps don't have the level of confidence that you have, whether it's from a, a person's upbringing or a person's mm-hmm. a university. Uh, or a person's maybe just their peer group. What would be some resources for a person who may, might be might be want to consider something like MLM, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, they they don't have the confidence, but uh, or they they fear rejection. But it's definitely something they can see themselves doing if they could handle the power of rejection, I mean, the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the experience of rejection. Any resources mm-hmm. that you could recommend? Mm-hmm. Um, that's an awesome question because I talk a lot about the value of confidence. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book called The Quantum Leap, uh, mm-hmm. Quantum Leaps, and it talks about the 10 things I think it takes to have a big growth spurt. You can't stay in a growth spurt forever, but you can do it in chunks. And confidence is a piece of it, but the big part about confidence that people need to understand is that it's dynamic. So as soon as you get to another level, you've got to recreate your learning of confidence at that new level. Mm-hmm. And then it takes you to another level and you have to recreate it again. So although I had that education when I walked into the doors of Mary Kay, as I climbed my ladder of success, I've had to go to the sources I've been ready to talk to you about in terms of gathering confidence. So the number one thing I want them to know is that confidence must be rebuilt over and over again. The second thing I want to tell them is that confidence can be built by watching the right person. I always tell people, it's okay to copycat as long as you copy the right cat. And so I would always watch people in the different levels of confidence that I wanted to create for myself. For instance, speaking on stage, I wanted to be very good at speaking on stage. So I would watch people. I wanted to be very good at teaching because teaching and training and mentoring is a big part of what we do. So I watched other people do that. The third thing I was tell them is that I would ask people that were ahead of me what books they felt shifted them. And so there's some books that I've read that would make a big difference for me. And I want you to know, I looked within my organization and I looked outside of my organization because I think leaders at church and leaders in the educational field and leaders in the medical field, leaders in the grocery store field, whatever industry they're in, if they're around people, which is what I'm around, I wanted to learn from those leaders. And so I was very hungry to find out. So the resources are very much around you. Even, um, I always tell people, if you go to events or you go to educational sessions, you will 
always learn. It's impossible for it not to be of value to you because you're going to either learn what came from the stage or you're going to learn from someone who's sitting next to you. You know, you know, if a, if a person wants to forego a business plan, they probably could and they probably would still do well in an MLM business. But if they mm -hmm. did use it, uh, again, I, I think it would be probably it would probably be more useful for their personal self as opposed to, you know, trying to pitch it to get capital. What would you say to that? Well, I think that is an individual choice. Let me tell you why. What I love about direct selling with Mary Kay is that you can do it small, medium or large mm. and be extremely excited because it fits into what you personally want. The other thing that's important is that a business plan to some people is intimidating language. So yes, I believe everybody needs a plan. I do, but the degree and the details of that plan can be determined by you. As we come to a close, Gloria, if people want to get in contact with you or follow you, how would they do that? <laughs> oh, what a nice question for my social media feed. I am at GloriaMayfield.com. Gloria Mayfield Banks, I'm sorry, GloriaMayfieldBanks.com. They can find me on Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. They can find me on Snapchat. They can find me on Pinterest. They can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me at GloriaMayfieldBanks.com. At Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at GloriaBanks. But if they go to GloriaMayfieldBanks.com, they'll get everything. Wow. So basically, you can find Gloria anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm all over it. Uh, and I like it that way. <laughs> Great. Gloria, thank you for being our guest. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist at Seen and Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.